You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York, a community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. Okay, you can be seated. Two people have talked long enough, long enough to get engaged. They've been trying to get married, and <laughs> good things can happen. Hey, was this beautiful worship this morning or what? I want to bless Frank and the worship team in this way. The center of every song we sang today had Jesus in it. Aren't you glad about that? The heart of the Lord is so happy when he hears his name sung. Well, it's a joy to be with you again. I wasn't sure we could even land without water skis on the airplane yesterday. But we got in and uh, Pastor picked me up, Pastor and Frank. It was great. We had a good chat in the car coming up. And it's amazing how this meeting just unfolded and how much we were in accord in the car, having not talked to one another. Or you're my witness, Pastor. Is that true? We had not prior conversation about this meeting. And uh, that's another way we know that lead things. It's affirming to us that we know we've heard something from God is because we both heard it. And it was the same thing. It's what's going on here. And so... It's wonderful. I love this church. We pray for you nearly every day. Wherever we are in the world, you're on my hit list of things to pray for. And and we keep you in prayer. Why? Because this church is a place where I have an assignment. You didn't ask me for that. God asked me for that. And and so I want to be faithful to that. I can only handle about six churches a year. And for many years, this church has been on my heart, and more importantly, it's been on God's heart. Uh, how many know you haven't reached your full destiny in this community yet? But you're on, but you're on the way. I mean, you're, you're, all the preparation, the changes that have come, the shifts that's going on congregationally, what COVID did to your church and many others, and all these things, they're not beyond the eyesight of God. They're not. He's watching his church, fiercely loving his people, fiercely, not just a little bit. He's passionate about his church. But um, your, your best days really are ahead. And uh, who knows what God is going to uh, cause you to become as a unique expression of the Lord's grace in this community. I know uh, there's many changes going on in the land, many, many changes in the world of church. And I think he's working with you. That The same old, same old is not the way God wants things done these days. I just read late in the night last night about the various generations, Gen X and this and that, how different they receive and process information. So if we're doing things that are 50 years back, we're probably not going to be with what God's doing. That cloud has already moved ahead. We just need to follow him. We'll be in the right place and we'll be on time. I remember being with a dozen guys and for a whole year, once a month we had breakfast with the late Jack Hayford, just a dozen of us. It was great because uh, Jack was a very transparent man with his life, and it was just great to have breakfast with him And uh, about an hour and a half, once a month. It was great. I drove 60 miles one way to go to that. Why? Because it had value. We recognized a, a huge man of God and just let the glitter off his nice suits fall on us. It'd be wonderful. And we were with Pastor Jack and all of that he was, and, uh, and it was in those days as well, great man of God. 
and we learned a great deal from him uh, about moments in God. And he said one time, he said, I'm, I'm right at 65 years of age, and I'm complaining to the Lord that in America that's retirement years, and I don't feel like retiring, but what am I going to do to be current? And uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, you stay intimate with me, and you'll always be in time and on time. And he was still ministering when he passed away at age 84 or 85. He was still at it and got better in those years than he had ever been. So you might want to think about that. Retired what? Are you kidding me? A motor home and sitting in the sun in Bahamas? There's things more exciting, and that's to see God at work, just like in this meeting today, you see. And be around that. It's wonderful. So bless you. Thank you for your support. My two-minute thing on the missions I do, the many parts of the world. We are about to open a birthing clinic, I think, within, a, in fact, it might be on my phone now, but I'm not going to turn it on trying to talk to you. Uh, but momentarily, we're opening in partnership with a uh, Liberian bishop who will actually be in my house tomorrow. I hope I'm there to greet him. Uh, but we're in partnership with them. It's way out in the bush, about 20 miles off anything that could be called a highway. They have built one of the most beautiful buildings. I wish I'd brought some of the pictures with me. Uh, all together, I think the building is probably 25 rooms all together. And the windows are straight. The doors open. Brand new big generator and a house built over it. And a brand new well with a double filtration system so they have clean water. And uh, the death rate of birthing in that tribe is about 50%. It's going to go down to two and a half per thousand as soon as we're open. How many think God's pleased with that? And this dear bishop has not only a day school in his church, very large one. He has the largest church in the country because he's big of heart and big of vision. Outside looks like a barn. Inside, it's gorgeous. It is beautiful. All white marble floors. It's gorgeous. 3,000 seats and a big school connected to that, and a college connected to that. A full certified four-year college. And in the middle of that college is a nurse's school. And inside the nurse's school, the most popular program is midwifery. So our new clinic out in the boondocks has a steady stream. They've just, in May they graduated, I think their sixth or seventh class, 28 fully trained four-year nurses, certified, American-type program there, but there's a whole stream of people that are available to work, and a husband and wife from Nigeria, husband and wife, both medical doctors, who are specialists in neonatal, in the birthing of kids, and OBYN, and all of that. So it's just about ready to go. We're just, the, 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 the authorities want us to have the signs up, pointing to the place, and a few other little things but the building is done. We shipped all the equipment out of Houston. I was there in February, and my heart was glad. When I saw what they've done, I didn't have any suggestions. I had thank you for the excellence they put in the work. And this man is just, he's, I want to use the word great man of God because he's about this tall. But he is a dreamer and a visionary. God can do stuff. And uh, so pray about that, that God uses that. Uh, as an evangelism tool as well as a medical tool. It's not just about having babies. It's about winning people to Jesus and helping the sick. How many think God's heart is towards the care of people? 
So that's, that's on our doorstep. Any, any day I'm going to get the message, the doors are open, and I'm going to do a holy dance right around my house. And, uh, and thank God for it, because it's been a huge effort. But it's up and it's done. We praise God for it. I was telling Pastor last night, the biggest thing that's on our agenda next year is the biggest thing I've ever been involved with. A lot of years we've planted churches, more than 3,500 of them through our stream of ministries and our connections overseas. Locals have built them. We've just helped them with money and training and stuff. Um, lots of those, lots of them, hundreds and hundreds of them. But the Lord has done something to my faith uh, that really made me say, ouch. One morning I heard the Lord whisper to me, do you like planting churches and villages? Yes, Lord, and you've helped us. They're here, there, and everywhere. Like salt out of a salt shaker, just more churches. And uh, in Moldova, the little country of Moldova, which is west of Ukraine, uh, we started there 28 years ago with 10 churches. And they were next to the railroad or next to the dump or somewhere. Christians were persecuted. Today we have over 453 churches with buildings. 21 are under construction as I'm talking to you. Plus a new 80-acre uh, convention center was an old winery and I said to the bishop what happened to all the leftover wine he said I can't tell you I said now I know where it went you know, <laughs> happiest board meeting you ever had around here you know. in fact <laughs> the board's not back yet they went over the hill and didn't come back and uh, but it, it's just wonderful the, the finest school in the country is from that group of men a teen challenge program. It's just a, a retirement program for elderly people coming out of the churches. It's so forceful that the president of the nation, who's a communist, came to church on a Sunday morning to see what they're doing with old people and get not one dime from the state. What they do is better. And he was supposed to come at 10 o'clock in the morning for church service. He came at 9 o'clock so he could have coffee with the old people. And they put his big backside in a big chair right on the platform. How many of that's a good place for a communist leader? <laughs> he can't get out of there. The aisles are full of people. And he wept and wept, and I know him. I've met him. He wept and wept and wept and wept. I cannot believe what I see here. And brought great favor. Across the street from the current church building was a school for children with learning disabilities, not impaired walking-wise, but learning disabilities for 25 years. As a result of their care for old people, the government gave them that facility. By the way, full apartments for 140 people, commercial kitchen, gymnasium, its own water system, its own sewer system on about 14 acres of land. Somebody say praise the Lord. A communist government giving all of that. And I was there when the letter came. I was in country one month after the president has, vis has visited that town. And we're walking around, prayer walking around that place, claiming it for God. And the note came from the president's office saying, Dear Pastor Pavlovsky, the bishop, since I've been to your church, when I lay down at night, I see the faces of those old people. Every night I see their faces and how happy they are. And they're well fed and it's clean and they're looked after and they're so happy singing old Russian songs and crocheting, and they're busy. They're just so happy. I cannot believe what you've done. He said, so because three times they were denied. 
but he said, I've met with all what we call representatives, the senators, they call counselors. There's 11 of them. That's the cabinet. He said, since I've been with you, it's one month. I have visited with all the counselors one by one in my house, in my office, etc. He said, and we're in agreement, we're going to give you the Karam Center. No tax in perpetuity and no transfer fees. Within 42 days, you'll have the paperwork. I don't know where that number came from, but in 30 days, it was done. An ungodly atheist, God rejecter, giving all those assets to the people of God. <laughs> Somebody say thank you, Jesus. All right, I know the food bell's going to ring at noon, and I know where the food is, too, so it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't even have a candy bar in my pocket. I just have to wing it here. Uh, can I just talk to you today instead of preach at you? Would that be all right? Just talk to you as a friend of the house. I want to talk to you about money. <clears throat> I'm not here to get money, but I'm here to talk to you about money because I know at least some in the room struggle with what you perceive to be not quite enough. Not quite enough. And I just want to address that issue because the fact is how we think about money and how we handle money, how we think about it and how we handle it is very much connected to our stewardship and our development of Christian character. Not in, in a little way, in a very big way. Because there's very few things God puts in our hands personally for us to handle. Few things but he does put money there. How many think it was pretty tough on Jesus to deal with a guy named Judas who was inside the circle of discipleship? He wasn't outside. He was inside. And yet his heart was full of greed. And, 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 and so it was a very painful to Jesus to have this conspirator inside on the matter of money. And I want to encourage you today with some things. Tithing God, uh, is God's idea. If you want to write anything down for me, write that down. Tithing's God's idea. Please don't ever come around me and say, I can't afford it. You can't afford not to, baby. You just can't afford not to. Your budget may not need it, but your heart needs it. It's the place where God trains us to become a giver. Why would we reject God's idea? And there's plenty in the Bible. I'm not going to try to defend the case here today. Get over it. You're fussing about, well, that's Old Testament. It's New Testament as well. So that's just a bench line. And uh, all the years, I married a girl from a very, very wealthy family, not just okay, wealthy. They had airplanes and all kinds of girls driven back and forth with chauffeurs and stuff. Well to do. And uh, when I married my wife, about the second day we were married, we were on a honeymoon in Canada. She's a Canadian girl. <clears throat> I'd been a missionary, and I went to preach and found a blonde and married her. That's a righteous thing, okay? And, uh, and she said, honey, you know, what, you know what's important to me? I said, well, I hope me is on that list. You know, that's married two or three days. She said, no, I'm talking about how we go forward thinking about how we're going to handle our money, which was very little at the, that point. And uh, she said, I tithe off every cent that comes in my hand. Grandma taught me how to tithe. I love it. It's one of my greatest joys. I said, you know what? I'm on that same page. And I want to tell you, 
We educated three kids through law school at 150,000 apiece. Our fourth guy, he's two classes from an MBA, all paid for. How did all that happen? It happened in the tithe place. That's where it happened. We said, God, we have what we have because of your provision. We have to share back. And when, as soon as we began sharing, all this other took on a whole new context of blessing and anointing. The money just went further. My wife was a model and a flight hostess when I married her. So I love to travel. That worked. Woo! Marry the help. That's it. And she was, and she was a model. And so I wanted her to look nice after I married her. I didn't want her, you know, wearing a gingham dress to the house of God and all of that. Is gingham right? I don't even know what that is. Is, is that something? Is it like burlap? I don't I, Anyway, I wanted her to look good. So we went to the best stores. And let me tell you what began to happen to us. We'd, we'd be in the, in the double doors. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a 15-minute sale, 70% off in the best dress department. Go there now. My wife said, did you hear that? I said, it's either a blessing or a nightmare, but let's go take a look. <laughs> and instead of five, $600 for a dress, we came out of there $300 with five or six dresses. So she was in front of people all the time, and I was an executive with our denomination at the time. We're in front of big crowds. She needed to look nice, and she did. I'm here to tell you, God made a way. I'm just not blabbing air here. God made a way for us to look right and be right. What about your children? What are you teaching them about money? Have you become phobic about money or faith-filled? Which one drives you? My second son is a practicing lawyer in Houston. And when he was a kid, we're teaching him how to tithe. But he always wanted his weekly allowance in change. I said, why? Well, I got to ride my bike over to the church and pay tithe. And he, as soon as he got his handful... He'd take off and go to the church six blocks away and pay his tithe and coin. My wife said, that kid is extreme. I said, better he cares at this level than not care. And today he's a radical giver to Jesus. I don't dare call him about something. How much you need, Pops? Well, I need a new car. Uh, 48000 No, I mean for this project. <laughs> it's foolishness. But that's his heart. That's his heart is to give, is to give. So I want to invite you to the joy of giving. Boy, Feaster has hit the bottom aisle here, hasn't it? The joy of giving. The joy of giving. Go to the grocery tomorrow and follow somebody around with a list that looks poor and then pay the bill when they get in the rank to, to check out. Why? Because you can. Just do it and see what happens. I was in the store a few months ago, and... Um, as a lady, it's, they just opened. It was like quarter to eight in the morning, some such thing. There's a young lady in front of me. She had a baby in the cart, and she had, I don't know, 10 or 12 things. It wasn't much. But she went in the purse. Oh, I forgot my credit card. Look after my baby. And she's out the door. And I said to the clerk, how much is her ticket going to be? Well, I haven't punched it up. I'm going to wait. I said, no, punch it up. Well, she has to come back and pay for it. I said, no, I'll, I'll take care of it. Why would you do that? I said, because I love to give to people. Well, she, I don't think she needs it. I said, that's not the point. I need to do it. It's not whether she needs it. I need to do it. Well, the lady came back. I didn't have to do it, but the next day I did, and at the same clerk and about the same time in the morning, 
And she said, I can't believe. She said, you know, I'm over here from another store quite a ways away. She said, I think this whole neighborhood's for the millionaires. I said, well, she said, I've worked here 15 minutes. You're the fourth guy that's trying to pay somebody's bill. I said, good, I'm, I'm going to pay it. So somebody who was, because I'm watching this girl go down, another one with a baby, down the aisle, and she's looking on her list and looking at things, and she's putting them back. You know what that means? I don't have enough for what I need. Well, there was enough. It just happened to be in my pocket and not hers. Do you find any joy in that kind of thing? See, we go, well, it's random act of kindness. I'm, I'm just looking for people to give stuff to. In fact, one of my kids was ordering, I thought about giving him away for six months. <laughs> but, but he came back. In fact, he's still, li he's still living with me, all right? Until, until giving becomes a joy, it'll be drudgery in your spirit. And some of you have not won that battle yet. And I want to be sympathetic to people that are on fixed incomes. Goals. My wife's grandmother was a retired doctor when she was 84 years old on a pension of about 5,000 a month. She was buying and selling million-dollar properties. 85. I said, Nanny, you don't need that building. She said, no, but, but I, can, I can give more to Jesus with the rental income. That's what propelled her. So we just let her be. Just, you just go buy whatever you want to. Just hope we can live in it somewhere if it's nice, you know. But until she died, that's how she lived. We knew her income was five grand a month. But you should have saw the stuff she bought. The bank said, no, we're approving her. She has paid everything. We're taking care of it. It's amazing. Wouldn't you like to live all your days like that? He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Not half full. It runs over. Look at your neighbor and say, my cup runs over. Now tell them the truth. I hope my cup well, some days it runs over. Okay. Okay. So Malachi is the ground of giving. One place. There's, uh, there's many others. Let me read a little bit. We'll tidy this up. It's just some free advice here today. Verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. In New Testament days, you know, there was a temple in Jerusalem. How do you remember that? You don't remember? There was a temple in Jerusalem. There will be again. On three sides of that temple was the treasury, and that building was three stories high, and the intent of that building was to handle money for the people of God. Right next to the glory cloud was money. Support's getting weak here. <laughs> test me now in this, says the Lord. Test me, test me. There's not any place I know of, if there is, I'll certainly be corrected, that the Bible gives us permission to test God. Matter of fact, most other regimens, he doesn't like it. Don't tempt the Lord your God. Don't push, push him. But here he says, I'm calling you to the test. Come, come, try this out. I, uh, and, and just see this, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you until it overflows. How many would like to live on that street? So every day is another experience with God of him outpouring on your life. How many know good health is an outpouring of blessing? Okay. 
Think of overflow. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs what? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm trying to get my cup to run over. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it may not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All nations will call you blessed. God says, whatever you do vocationally, I'm going to command a blessing on it. How do you like that? Where you work is blessed. If you have a job in here today, when you leave here today and get in your car, I want you to open your mouth and say, God, I thank you. I get a paycheck every week from XYZ Company. Every month, twice a month. Thank you, Lord, for my job. Help it also be a place of ministry for me. Thank you, God, for what you've done. How many know we need to be grateful? That's a good place to start. So don't tell me about needs. I fed four kids and a wife. Had a house in Orange County, California. Houses out there are expensive. Houses that were built for fifteen and $18,000 are now $2 and $3 million, the same house. Hugely expensive. Guess what? We needed a house. God gave us one. I said he gave us one that didn't come from family. It came from people I didn't even know. Because God's a wonder worker. Get on his agenda for finance. And please don't come around to me after this meeting and say, I can't afford it. I'm going to say, I'd like to check your finances. As I almost promised, you have lived for years with leanness, if that's your mindset. I can't afford it. I'll tell you a little story about Oscar Bambino. He's, Oscar is a Mexican renegade in our church, 93 years old. When he was a little boy, age four, his parents crossed the river illegally, came into Texas. As soon as he was old enough to realize what was going on, adult, he went and got certification and papers and, and all of that. And he got saved. He got saved. He was making $16 a month. Baby came in a one-bedroom apartment going to a Spanish-speaking Pentecostal church. How many know 16 bucks is not a lot of money? And they got this apartment become some relative owned it. It's nearly free. But a missionary came through the church, and he paid $1.60 in tithe, paid it every Sunday. And a missionary came through, and Oscar felt like they should subscribe and give to this missionary. And all the money they had left over, figuring money for the baby and getting to work and back and all that, and he rode a bike to work and stuff, they had $3 a month left in their budget. I can't even fathom what that would be. Because the way my sons eat, you don't need to go to McDonald's. You need to own McDonald's. Can I get a witness on that one? Especially young men. And then an hour later, Waffle House. You know, okay. $3, and he pledged that $3 a month for that missionary for four years. Four years later, they have two babies, they're still in that apartment, and they're praying for a house. Missionary's coming home. He's going to come to their church, among others. And he wrote the pastor ahead, and he said, I don't know who it is, but on my monthly reports, every month for four years, somebody from your church has donated $3 a month. Every single month they have not missed. He said, I have a word from the Lord for them. 
And before I even preach, I've got to get it. Be sure they're in church. Well, they were right here in the front row, little baby in arms and little baby boy. Missionary stood up all the way from Paraguay, stood up and said, somebody in this church has been given $3 a month for four years. They've never missed. Who is? Oh, it's right here. It's Oscar and his wife. He said, well, flying home, the word of the Lord came on me about you because you need a house. <laughs> there's nothing like doing business with God. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Guy doesn't have a clue what they're praying for. The Lord says, you need a house. Now listen to this. By this time tomorrow, you'll have a house. I mean, that's a pretty clear word. I'd be happy if someone said, by this time tomorrow, you'd be healed to athlete's feet, but, but, <laughs> which I don't have. But I mean, just when you get a time hooked onto a prophecy, how many know you pray it's right? Come on, is that, if you had a word like that, which Lord, let it be. Wouldn't you pray that? Well, that missionary didn't know anything about it. He didn't even know who the money was coming, just from that church. By this time tomorrow, you'll have a house. Now, what Oscar didn't know, or the missionary was, after the missionary was gone that day on his way, the board had already planned a meeting because the pastor was living in a manse about a block away from the church building in Houston. And they had saved, the pastor and his wife had saved their money, and they bought their own property some blocks away. And the pastor went to the board and he said, even before Oscar and his wife heard this prophetic word from the missionary, God spoke to me that we need to give the manse to Oscar and his wife for what's owed. $11,000 was owed. How many think that's a pretty good deal? Or, or we're talking, by the way, about a 4,750-square-foot house. We're not talking about a garden shed. We're talking about a big house here, all right? Well, Oscar and his wife are still in that house today. Dozens of people have stayed there, been saved, been filled, been helped. And it's a non it's like a mission station. It's just people in and out coming and going from all over the place. And I'm telling you, that couple is just simple. He only had manual jobs all of his life. They've got a brand new car. Somehow God provided money for that. And they're the first ones to get a $20 bill out and just stick it in somebody's hands. They have a ministry of giving, and they came illegally into America, got certified finally, or whatever that's called, and God gave them that house for $11,000. Let me tell you, God's not a favorite player. Here's what he's looking for in you, obedience and faith. Obedience and faith. And it's not only giving into the house of God. It's just giving to people random. I want to have my ears open when God speaks to give whatever we need to give. Just uh, I went and had my teeth fixed, just a routine checkup, but I go to the dental college in Houston because it's an excellent place, and a young lady helped me. She worked on my mouth and fixed my teeth, and uh, I asked her about herself. I said, tell me about you. Well, I've got to work three jobs to make this work, and when I leave here, I'll be $220,000 in debt, but I'll be a dentist, and, uh, and then I want to open Saturday a charity place for people that my community can't get help, and on and on and on. And the next time I saw her was about a month later. And the Lord spoke to me to give her, give her some money. So she finished drilling, filling, and then billing. And uh, oh, how many know that always comes? And uh, 
So I said to her, uh, shake my hand. She shook my hand. Well, there was some, a considerable amount of money in my hand. I gave it to her. She, she dropped it on the floor. She said, oh, no, I can't. I said, you can't. I know you work three jobs. I know you're going to have a $200,000 bill when you leave here. But let me tell you what I know that you don't know I know. I know you can't pay your rent this week. She said, how do you know that? I said, you really want me to tell you? <laughs> she said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I'm a minister. And I said, do you believe I can hear the voice of God? She said, oh, I believe. I said, you take that money and go pay your rent. She sobbed. She sobbed. And I left her chasing into the ladies' room to gather herself together. It was so fun to do that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got, in the, I got in the car and drove 85 all the way home. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was the anointing. All right, how many understand what I've said to you today? Very simple. Get on God's economy, your life's going to straighten up and straighten out. And it's, a, it's the way to abundance. Uh, literally, if your heart motive is pure, you can give your way into prosperity. You get on God's business side, incredible things are going to happen in your life for which there's no human answer because God is behind it. So, Lord, I bless this house today. I love this place. I love these people. I'm so grateful for what you did here today. So many people are going to get home, find themselves healed or improved, less pain, no pain. You're fixing things, these arthritic necks, ease, ease is coming, healing is coming. These men here, there's assignments over their lives. They're men of destiny. Others that come with uh, internal stress. I thank you that you're watching and you're caring so deeply that you'd invade a Sunday morning meeting in a small town in New York to touch somebody with a hand that has a nail pierce in it. We are eternally grateful that you visited with us today. And the whole church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you, friends. Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle Podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.